Thanks to Sweatex Sport Detergent for sponsoring this episode and giving us an extra special offer for you. Be sure to listen to the ad midway through the episode for all the details. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Tish Hamilton. Hello, Tish. Hi, Sarah. I hear word on the street is there is a new marathon in that lovely city of Savannah that you live in. You know, since we last talked, there was an announcement of a new marathon coming to Savannah, and I'm so excited. I can't even begin to tell you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is called the Every Woman's Marathon. Oh. And uh, it is it has uh, a lot of really um, high profile women runner names attached to it, including mm. Catherine Switzer, uh, mm. the famous Boston Marathon pioneer. Mm-hmm. Des Linden, who, of course, won Boston Marathon in that crazy rainy year. Mm-hmm. My favorite, Dina Castor. Olympic marathoner. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and Alison Desir, who is the Mm -hmm. author of running while black, who you and I got to talk to once upon a time. Yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. And when is this illustrious race going to be? Well, (laughs) (laughs) coming soon to Savannah. No, it is. It is. They have a date and I was so excited and I went right up and signed up right away. Um, and then, and then I started thinking about the fact that Savannah is quite a warm city. So, uh, (laughs) it is on, it's in November and it's the second weekend of November. So I want to say whatever that date is, November 16th or November Mm -hmm. 16th. It's on a Saturday. Yes. Yes. That's a Southern thing. We like our, we like our races on Saturday so we can go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, and actually I like it too, because then you have Sunday to recover before you have to go back to work. Yes, and limp around your colleagues who, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but this last uh, Sunday, so, you know, I'm all, you know, all high on the excitement about this new marathon in our city. I I went out and did a a longish run this past Sunday and, and, uh, or Saturday, and it was, um, it started like 60, 65 degrees by the Mm -hmm. time I was finished because I'm slow. It takes me three hours to do a longish run. It was 75 and I was about to pass (gasps) out. In and I January. Thought, yes. Thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> I was like, dang, it's too bad mm. they didn't schedule it during that one week at the end of December where it gets a little <laughs> less hot. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even use the term chilly. It's just less hot. <laughs> less hot. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So I, I have signed up for it. I, and I, I do intend to finish it. And I'm just going to keep saying my prayers to the weather gods that, yes. that it's not it's not crazy hot on that outcomes November 16th. Oh, wow. And is the, the t- name of it tells me that it, it's so it's not all women. Is, no, it, is it is. It? It's called Every Woman's Marathon. So it yes. is uh, women forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one can register as as a male or uh, other. And in fact, my partner, Rick, mm-hmm. who identifies as male, has registered also. So there will be at least one man in the race. 
Possibly more. Maybe. We'll wait and see. <laughs> one, of my, one of my running club friends said, yeah, but no man's going to sign up for it. I said, well, actually, Rick did. <laughs> He's confident. He feels self. He feels He's grounded. Totally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does not define him. Very good. Yeah. And you know what? Signing up for something in January that's not until November is like, mm-hmm. it's so far away that it's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed that you've already signed up. Well, do you know what? It's uh, the uh, registration fee was $65. What a bargain. I know for a marathon. Like, I think New York, somebody's going to correct me, but I think New York is over 300 now. So, well, I was, and I mean, there's a lot of half marathons that are twice that price yeah. at the at the opening price. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, wow. it, it's I think it's gone up to all of eighty dollars now. So, all mm-hmm. all of all those folks listening, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> please come join me in Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> and do they have the course map available yet? Yes and no. Like there, mm. there is a sort of um, vague course map on mm. the on the website, <laughs> <laughs> with the huge caveat that it that it could be changed before mm-hmm. race day. Mm. And do we know how they chose Savannah as the venue? That is such a good question. I don't know. There used to be um, there was a rock and roll ha- marathon and half marathon yeah. here up until recently. Mm-hmm. And um, then there was some political issues with the city and mm. the race that that I actually don't know all the background and, and I'm just kind of choosing not to know about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was it. Like I thought we weren't going to have marathon again, but but now th- uh, these folks have come and and I have to say, like the website itself is beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean it's like it looks fantastic. Uh, and you know, it's I'm I, as when you and I were talking last, I said something about like, I'm not really sure what I want to do next. Like I mm-hmm. moved from the New Jersey, New York area down here and I would like to do something local. And there you go. <laughs> Some, somebody was listening and they yeah. gave me a marathon. <laughs> next time I think you need to wish for something a little better. A little, a little spendier, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I admire you jumping on that bandwagon and, this will or will not be your first marathon in your 60s? Not. It will not. But I tell you okay. what, it will be my, not my first marathon in Georgia either, but the mm. first one in a long time. And um, and circle back with me in like September when I'm doing the, mm-hmm. the long runs and the really, really hot weather and see mm-hmm. how much I, see how happy I am about it then. <laughs> right. Well, at least you don't have to train exactly in the bulk of it for this in the summer. You know, so that late sept- second half of September, first half of October will be. Yeah, it, it could go. I could go down as low as seventy degrees at night <laughs> when you run at two a.m. <laughs> and you know what? The humidity might go down from ninety-five percent to ninety-three <laughs> percent. I can tell that the you know the the Jerseyite that that you know you are a native. Of your fair state of Georgia. I am. I am. I am born and raised in, in uh, Georgia. And I'm also of um, of Northern European stock that heats mm-hmm. easily. <laughs> Overheats easily. Overheats yeah. easily. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, it is amazing the differences between p- what people can tolerate. And I'm not talking about so much as where they live. Because, gosh, I went running with a friend of mine. He's 67. And he lives in Seattle. And I was dressed in a very, very lightweight wool long sleeve shirt and capris. And I was honestly debating going upstairs and putting on shorts instead. And he was wearing tights, a long sleeve zip up, a 
like hoodie and then a jacket over it. <laughs> I was like, Will, I am getting sweaty just looking at you. <laughs> I know. It's, it is actually funny when, when when it gets below 50 here in Savannah, you see, you see runners all the time with like long tights and a jacket yeah. and they're like, it's just 50, y'all. <laughs> this is actually perfect running weather. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, I get really cold when I run. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just, I mean, it, it doesn't take very long for me to get incredibly warm. Yeah. And, and I also can't stand being overheated. Same. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea you had there, Tish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sign right. up for that hot marathon. <laughs> Out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, I know that you, like me, are very excited to welcome our guest. It is Alicia Montano, and this is her fourth time on our show. And Alicia is an Olympic medalist, a six-time U.S. outdoor track champion, and a mother of three. Alicia is co-founder of And Mother, an organization, quote, dedicated to breaking the barriers that limit a woman's choice to pursue and thrive in both career and motherhood. She's also the author of a book that we talked with her about last time called Feel Good Fitness. Thank you so very much for joining us again, Alicia. I truly adore talking with you. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me again. I love it too. I'm really excited to be on another Mother Runner again. Good, good. Yeah. So as we were saying before we started recording, the last time you, Tish, and I talked, you were on maternity leave and all of us were in the grips of the COVID (laughs) lockdown. So Uh, few, thankfully, much has changed since then. Yes. And uh, so, but we're going to talk about you before we move to And Mother and and the initiatives that you all are doing. So let's start by you reminding us, please, how old your three scrumptious children are now. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's just, they they grow so fast. I can't even (laughs) keep up with it, to be honest. But my (laughs) oldest uh, is nine. Her name is Linnea. I have a middle son. His name is Aster. He is six. And my youngest, Lennox, is turning four in just a couple of weeks here. So mm-hmm. February 26th is going to be his birthday. And we're really excited for him. This is the this was the 2020 baby. So mm-hmm. I can't believe that it's four years and it just flew by. Yeah, he's the yardstick for how long it's been <laughs> since that, that dark yep. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and how much has changed since then, which is awesome. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Alicia, we uh, introduced you as an Olympian and an outdoor track champion. And uh, we know you have your background on track, but I see that you ran New York City Marathon in 2023 <laughs> and 2022, maybe. I did. Uh, I ran it both in 2022 and 2023. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to tell us what it's like going from, uh, you know, to be a former short distance per sprinter, you know, which obviously values speed to running 26.2 miles. I mean, the speed, like work, interval work, fartlicks are always going to be my whole heart. You know, making the decision to run 26.2 was actually, to be completely honest, not on my bucket list. Like, I think I, you might be able mm-hmm. to dig in some podcast, maybe in on yours, you know, mm-hmm. saying, oh, I have no desire to run a marathon. I think I respect it. I love it. It's really awesome. I'd rather if I run some sort of distance that long, like in the trails. But when I had the opportunity to like run for impact and marathons were like the space in order to do it and to really drive home 
the thought of running, you know, miles in her shoes and what it meant to me to be able to run for a purpose in that way. Um, I thought the New York City Marathon and the work that we were doing with the New York City Marathon in terms of really um, creating a new family support standard with our event standardization, where we had lactation accommodations with our nonprofit and mother. I was like, this is for me, like it's making training for a marathon kind of breeze. It's making it really inspiring and exciting. And so one thing that I ended up writing actually that those two marathons that you mentioned were uh, my second and third marathon. I actually ran my first marathon and ignited to run one because I was asked to run with actually every mother counts mm. just out of the pandemic in uh, Tanzania. And I was like, this is such a great impactful way to like bring people together and to really share missions and causes that can make mm-hmm. changes and marathons bring people together. They bring about change. And so that's kind of what we did. So I would write things like 52 times my distance. You all know me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it kind of helped me think of intervals in that way. I'd be like, okay, we're doing a 52 times 800 meters. So I kind of was able to tap in in that way. <laughs> wow. So Tanzania, I mean, what was it like running a marathon there? Gosh, Tanzania, it was just, it, it was just an incredible experience to be like completely honest. It was not especially my first marathon, it was not one that you can gauge how fast you will run it. I was like, oh, what's mm. our pace? They're like, uh, this is not that marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be really hot. There's going to be varying terrain. You actually run 10 miles, you know, uphill, at, like the base of Mount Kilimanjaro. And I was like, okay, cool. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really awesome. It, it was inspiring for me to really take those efforts to, you know, more impact work with with my own nonprofit and mother. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense, you know, leveraging the marathon for visibility. Right? What a person, anybody's out there a lot longer, right? <laughs> but right. but I'm, I'm still stuck on this idea. I've got to ask you, like, does it tell us about how it feels different to run, you know, a, a, a short distance and versus a, a really long distance? Like, what's it feel like for you? Uh, for I mean, I'm capable. I'm an athlete overall, like athlete. So I love, I mean, I think people expect for me to say like, oh, it's terrible, but I've just have never been that type of sprinter. Like I've, I loved being on the cross country team. I actually would always look for opportunities to like just be out there. So for me, that was, that was, it wasn't the distance per se. It was like, wait, so what, I'm, I'm, what, what are we going to see, you know, on the way, you know, and I, part of running on the track and in circles that kind of became, you know, a little, uh, toilet bowl sometimes. <laughs> so, is that the word? Is that the word? Just maybe I don't mean it like that. That sounds negative. <laughs> what I mean is around. Oh my gosh. Track. You're amazing. Uh, <laughs> what I mean is like, it's around and around and around and it's the goal. At the wheel. Edge. Mm-hmm. It's the hamster mm-hmm. wheel. But you know, when you have, I'm doing, you know, four sets of 300, then I'm doing two. It's like the variance that really keeps your mind kind of going. And so I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of like a a visual representation of what was going to keep me Mm -hmm. sort of activated and running um, the marathon. I am very much a creative brain type of person. I kind of see my running in as like artistry in motion. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's always been inspiring to me. So I, that's how, you know, from a feeling perspective, I keep thinking about it from less from like a physical perspective. It no doubt was very long and um, it really became hard 
the first time I ran it was in 2022 and apparently everybody was like, oh, the heat. And I was like, y'all, like, come on, set your minds up. You can't keep telling yourself how terrible it's going to be because it's hot. So I was like distancing myself from like that negative talk that was kind of setting the marathon up to be this terrible experience because people are like, ah, the heat, the heat. But the true story was the heat was hard. (laughs) (laughs) as much as i was tapping out from the mental the true side was by like 18 miles i was like you know (laughs) and people were running by with ice packs that i didn't even know and i'm i'm looking at them like give me some please you know i don't even know you and ew that was all over your hands but give it to me you know all of those covid precautions were out the door we were all sharing ice and you know someone was like i'm done with it do you want it i've shoved it down my bra you know that had its own repercussions at the end so like that was real (laughs) and so you know me running it again in 2023 not only because of our expanded uh efforts towards you know family support at the new york city marathon was also so to be like, okay, I need, I believe the weather is going to be better. And although I was talking all this junk about guys, stop worrying about it. Um, I wanted another opportunity to run it without feeling like I was on the verge of like passing out <laughs> because of, you know, the heat. So, and I felt like this last marathon felt incredible. It felt great. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was kind of just like a metronome. Like I just was like, I, this time I'm going to like do a pace and I'm going to just stick to the pace. I'm not going to like try to, you know, run some, you know, super fast time. Although like the first one I was thinking I might be able to run relatively okay. And this one I was like, why don't I just like, let's beat the time beforehand. Let's pick eight minute pace and stay with that one and then see how that went. And that, that pace felt really good to me. So Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah. Feeling good. Getting to the finish line in one single piece and like enjoying my life afterwards was my goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not having some wicked chafing from when you put an ice pack down your bra. I can imagine. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly the repercussions I was talking about. I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I have some iceberg and places that I did not want. (laughs) Oh, iceberg. Wow. Look at that. That's a new one. Wow. I mean, it was, I don't know if it was iceberg, but it's definitely a little, little ice mm-hmm. chopping on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on parts the of your body mm-hmm. that, uh, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, men, so- yeah, men have nipples, so I could talk about nipples on air, correct? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh-huh. So it looks like you are enjoying some beautiful Bay Area trails these days, maybe not during the, uh, you know, the, the rains that you're having, but it looks like you're out on the trails. Tell us about that a little bit. Oh, I mean, I've always been out there. And I think that's that, yeah. that's the part that, um, you know, is kind of missed in this, you know, singular lens that people get on on my life, you know, because mm. it's like, we see you on the track and we see you do the track. I've always been out there. That's always been a place that I've needed to be in order to have variance in my running. I've never been the type of runner who, like, could actually just do the same sort of runs over and over again. I've always needed to like be in different places, see something new, um, play different sports. It, you know, it just helps me gain different perspectives and, mm. you know, points of inspiration. And running has always been like a point of clarity for me. And I always have mm. felt that out on the trails. So, you know, it'd be like at least at minimum like twice a week especially if I was and I I would gain a lot of strength that way too you know Mm -hmm. you know when it wasn't a track workout day or a rest day so 
I've always been out there, but now, you know, I'm, I'm able to look at, oh, what are some fun things that I can actually compete in or not compete like in a wild way, but like go race in, go run in, uh, be mm-hmm. a part of, get there, you know, with all of the schlepping of the soccer gear and the things and wanting to be <laughs> a present mom, but like, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. like places like, you know, Mont Blanc, I'm like, how am I getting over there? How much money does that cost? Oh, Okay. Uh, let me, <laughs> so the, 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 I would love experiences like that. It's just also like the reality of, you know, the mm-hmm. financial implications to, to be places mm-hmm. like that. But here in the Bay Area, we have so much access to oh, yes. um, mm-hmm. just beautiful trails and the redwoods and just adventure and things to do that are really at our fingertips mm-hmm. that I just, I feel so alive and it gives me an opportunity to to share it with with my kiddos so mm-hmm. nice so the yeah the instagram video i saw was you in the east bay and so do you ever get up to marin and get to run on those trails yes the golden gate bridge for folks who are mm-hmm. listening uh-huh. mm-hmm. yep yep um so yes i do leading up to this last marathon actually i spent a lot of time with the think a good friend of another mother runner podcast magda Mm-hmm. You know, and nice. I was like, ah, oh, the longer runs. Like, I think this is something to actually say um, on your question that you're kind of really wanting a little bit more on Tish was the training part, I think, is the hardest for the marathon. It's like, you know, the long runs and time for the long runs. And, you know, some days you really want to connect with people and some days you're fine with running by yourself, but like convincing a lot of people to go run a, a really long distance with you. <laughs> it was really hard during the, to me, I felt like there, that was hard. Actually, there was more often than not some like isolating experiences in, in doing that because I'm like, wait, my, my friend runners who just want to run that like maybe just like 10 miles, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the five mile crew. It's like, Hey, come over here and run 18 miles with me. They're like, no. (laughs) Or like, you know, but then Magda, it was like, Uh okay, I just want to stay on the trails, especially, you know, she had hip surgery Mm -hmm. last year. So really soft surfaces for me. I like, you know, softer surfaces too. I've always felt like that helped longevity with me and my running as well. Mm -hmm. So we were pulling ourselves out to Marin quite often and, you know, climbing Mount Tam and mm. people, it's so funny because, you know, folks were training for the marathon and they're like, oh, like, oh, I can't wait to like get out in the trails and not just do road runs. And I'm over here, like out in the trails <laughs> training for this <laughs> road marathon. I was like, urban. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. I'm like, uh, I'm going to, um. Hmm. I guess I'm rewriting the rules for how to train for a marathon. (laughs) A marathon that goes through the five boroughs of New York City and you're training on trails. Uh Correct. Yes. Yes. I was happy in the process. So that was good. (laughs) But yeah, I get out to every, every, you know, spot that I can. I used to call myself the trail hunter. Mm. (laughs) Because at that's how much variance I needed in college. I would be, you know, those run days. I would just be like, what's a new one that I can go and find? And, you know, sometimes I'd end up driving, you know, too far and be like, oh, shoot, I'm running out of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it just was nice to explore and find something new. Obviously, as a mom now, time is, you know, click, click. How long is it? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you get me in an Excel sheet now starting to plan out exactly <laughs> how long it's going to take for me to get to point A to point B. You know, if I want to get to this one, who, what time is so-and-so soccer practice? You know, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite an experience. 
Oh my goodness. I used to have uh, dreams on occasion that I would find a whole new running route or like a park that I'd never experienced before that was just a mere two, three miles from my house. I'd get all excited and then I'd wake up and be like, oh no, that was just a dream. Like there's literally not some magic park that I haven't discovered. Uh, Oh. So yeah, yeah. So you mentioned also that trails make you a stronger runner and we are forever encouraging mom athletes to make time for strength training. So tell us about the strength training that you do in a typical week. I do strength training like specifically with weights twice a week. Mm -hmm. It's always been my strong suit. Uh, You know, I've definitely lived, lived my life of accidentally leaving strength out and I get hurt. Like it's just, I get hurt every single time I feel, I don't feel well, you know, so Mm. uh, it's like, I, I just need it. I know I need it. It's beyond even just like, you know, I want to lift weights. It's like, I physically need to lift weights. Um, Mm -hmm. I like being strong, you know, I, I, I just, I feel good. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so Mm -hmm. twice a week, um, if I'm in like a maintenance sort of phase, which, you know, I think a lot of us are all the time, <laughs> just maintain my life. You know, they'll be like body weight, but the goal typically is twice a week, some type of weights. Uh, hip mobility is huge for me, especially um, as, which it should be huge regardless, I feel like for everybody, but especially as a, can we, can we make this an award as a three-time postpartum <laughs> dun, dun, dun. You know, dun, dun, dun. it's like give me the medal uh i just really have to, have to make sure that i'm taking care of my hips and in my mm-hmm. pelvic floor and i i want to run forever like i want to run as long as i'm breathing so i love the, how it makes me feel it's not the podium moments you know to me i have so many more podium moments than you know track and field could have ever given me not like Mm -hmm. those are amazing but what I'm saying is like there's more expansive view on what the wins are for me personally so Mm. but I I still love an award so don't (laughs) 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 so as much as I would love to ask you about marathons all day long I, I do want to, to shift us to uh, one of the reasons that we're so delighted to have you here today, which is to talk about And Mother and the mission of And Mother. And so, um, Alicia, tell us about how the genesis of it. How did this get started? Well, And Mother was started from my story specifically, but then finding out that my story was every mother's story um, mm-hmm. when it came to having their family and having their career. And you know, in 20, what year is it, everyone? Uh, In 2014, (laughs) how many people know me more than even, you know, my titles on the track was as the pregnant runner. Mm -hmm. I went out in 2014 after having all of these titles and these medals and, you know, being multiple national team member and recognized when it came to me facing the decision of expanding my family by way of having children and continue my career, it looked like a there was like a dead stop to it when I was connecting with different women. But then like the men in our careers were like thriving, you know, that we'd see their mm-hmm. kids running around the track and they just kept progressing. And, and I was just like, where are the moms? You know, where are mm-hmm. the moms? So I would have these questions and it led me to asking, looking into my contracts um, as professional athletes, you know, in order for a lot of folks to do the work really well, it is a full-time job. 
it's more than a full-time job because it's all the sleep. It's all the things. And a sponsorship support helps, you know, really give you the top level, like leverage to be at the top level um, of mm-hmm. the sport. And so, you know, that was, that's huge for how we, a lot of us do our career. Now that's not to say some folks, you know, you, we love the stories of the nurse and the, you know, triple job individuals, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but for me, you know, I, this is what I was focused on in order to be a top tier athlete. And I'd done all of the work I'd proven quote unquote, this is like a really th- big thing that we talk about that, like this thing, this like notion of I deserve also, mm-hmm. you know, to be holistic. And part of being a whole Alicia is starting my family, but it does, it's not either or for me. So I went out and I asked the questions with, with the contract. I was just met with, you know, oh yeah, we would just pause your contract and, you know, we'd stop paying you. And it'd be like, with like a normal sort of meeting conversation over tea, you know, like, oh, here's how it happens, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, so-and-so, what would happen if I, you know, or or an athlete were to become pregnant? Oh, we just pause our contract and we'd stop paying them until they could get back. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go over here. Mm -hmm. And then having more internal conversation about like, hey, like I... One, I'm seeing that women aren't supported and I really would love for this to be an, like something that can be included in this contract. And what I'm told is, Alicia, these contracts are, these are standard contracts. And I'm like, these are standard contracts for men. You know, this is like mm. not including women in them. And so what I'm, as I'm like looking through all of the things, like stages of a, an athlete, you know, business, you know, all of the things, and you're looking at every single industry has this barrier when it comes to motherhood and career. And so I ran to show what it looked like in my career uh, to be someone who is expanding their family, being a pregnant career woman and talking about it. So I felt like the visibility mattered. I didn't know it was going to be global or viral. I just (laughs) knew within what I was doing at my sport that it needed to be seen because it wasn't. We just saw the glory moments afterwards. Like, you know, Kara Goucher comes back in Boston, da da da, and her baby, and mm-hmm. you don't even know the background information. And you see Lashinda Demas, you know, mom of twins, or, you know, American record holder, gold medalist, and you don't see the background. You never saw that part of it. And mm-hmm. that's why these this was remaining standard because they're like, oh, what are you talking about? I don't see that this is anything that's different from how we handle the men. Mm. And so in that, I thought that that would be a really big point to just have people like change their viewpoints within the industries, but it wasn't enough. You know, I went and ran again with my second son. And at this point, social media and podcasts are more expansive. There's more opportunities to talk about the problem. And what I found was we were just talking about the problem. Mm. So it was on record connecting with New York Times and, you know, just really sharing all of these background stories that I kind of was sharing with them with the truth of what was happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes, but not wanting to like, I want, I was hoping change would happen by people seeing like, oh, we actually have to be at the forefront of change. And it doesn't have to be this big fight or whatever. It's just like, this is the right thing to do. But that that wasn't the case. So mm-hmm. I was like, on the record, we're doing an op-ed. And, and then, you know, our favorite folks who love to share about you know, all of this impact work and care about the, look how magic and amazing women and girls and <laughs> even when their moms are. And the, I'm like, you guys, that's actually not what's happening behind closed doors, you know? Mm. And so that's what led us to flip that narrative of 
you know, dream crazy to dream eternity on its head mm. and say like, you know, even after all of that proof, even after showing you, I did it, I could come back, I could, you know, and I did like, I won two national titles. I was mm. a U.S. national team member again, you know, I broke an American record post two American records postpartum and, mm. you know, won global medals postpartum, breastfeeding, you know, figuring out how I was getting my milk back. Like it was just the hurdles and the hurdles and hurdles and proof points. And then it was like, well, what do you want to do in the next couple of years? It's like, I wanted to have, I want to have another kid and make the next Olympic team. And that was like, where I was like, oh, well, we're just not going to continue your contract. And you're like, this is still a thing. And like the back end for even when I did the proof points, it was like, people didn't see the contract be paused by even moving to another sponsor because those words, maternity, pregnancy, postpartum weren't in there. So it was Mm. really like scratch. It was like needing to have the whole rubric playbook rewritten for us in mind. Mm. And I had to do that by doing the op-ed and, and by, you know, with the op-ed being like, okay, we're still talking about it. What are we going to do now? We need to move this movement that we're seeing everyone, industries across board relating to the stories in their own respective industries and us seeing this is a societal problem. We now need to move this to impact. And that led me to founding and mother. Mm. Wow. All right. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break to hear from our generous supporters. Stay with us. Get this. At Pickleball League, a player named Madeline was lamenting she couldn't wear her cute running clothes to league night because her running clothes stank too badly. I instantly started talking up Sweatex sport detergent to Madeline, telling her Sweatex banishes funk and odor from clothes, bedding, towels, sports equipment, and yes, synthetic workout wear. The following week, I brought a bottle of Sweatex to Madeline. She used it on a load of workout wear, and now she's a complete convert and wearing the cutest running outfits to play pickleball. Want to get your own free Sweatex without having to meet me at the pickleball courts? We're excited to offer this Another Mother Runner exclusive giveaway from Sweatex Sport. The first 200 listeners to visit sweatexsport.com and participate in this offer will receive a free detergent trifecta sampler, which includes samples of Sweatex 3 Stellar Laundry Detergents, Original Activewear, Max Odor Defense, and Free and Clear. Here's how to get this amazing offer. Go to sweatexsport.com, click on Shop, then Bundles and Kits, then add the detergent trifecta sampler to your cart. At checkout, Enter the code TRIFECTA to get your free kit with free shipping. There's no purchase necessary. Let me go through those steps again. Go to sweatexsport.com. Click on shop, then bundles and kits. Then add the detergent trifecta sampler to your cart. At checkout, enter the code TRIFECTA to get your free kit with free shipping. There's no purchase necessary. There is a limit of one sampler per customer. And remember, the first 200 listeners to visit sweatexsport.com will get to take advantage of this amazing offer. That's S-W-E-A-T-X sport.com. If you're running while listening to this podcast, I'd personally stop and go to sweatexsport.com right now to take advantage of this offer. Okay, so the And Mother Board of Directors is a veritable who's who of amazing women athletes and mothers, including Allison Felix, uh, Lauren Fleshman, and Allison Desir, among others. So give us a sneak peek at what a board meeting is like with those folks in one room or maybe on one Zoom screen. <laughs> it feels like the Zoom screen, or even <laughs> in, in person when we've we've had, you know, one annually. 
it just feels like magic. It feels like a room of the good kind of fire, you know, the one that you can sit mm. in and you know that this is the type of wildfire that we need to spread. You know, mm. um, gosh, the thought leadership is through the roof in these sort of board meetings. Of course, you know, it's like, again, as a little girl growing up, you, I didn't imagine I was going to be sitting here in this room full of amazing, powerful women fighting for the same issue. You know what I mean? Like the same issue, all of you, you know, all of these folks that have, gosh, I mean, we could have a scroll of their accomplishments and who they are and how brilliant they are. And the issues, you know, that they're facing are similar to mine, but they're mm-hmm. similar to like every woman, <laughs> every mm-hmm. single woman, no matter how long of a of, of accolades and, you know, accomplishments that they have, they still face these barriers because of their womanhood their motherhood and their marginalization as, as, as black women, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just to me, the only way that change is happening is from those who are experiencing it at a great level. And it's, to me, it's really wild to know that, you know, not only are we the ones facing the burdens, but we're the ones that carry them and need to ultimately unpack them to kind of bring to the table and like, prove hey care about us <laughs> it's kind of it's just crazy but at mm-hmm. the same time i could not have asked for you know better folks to represent and mother in these board seats like i'm just so happy that they had come to the table like hey this should also happen this can also happen we can try and do this let's work on this here are some of the issues i'm facing you guys want a board seat yeah Okay, great. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Let me connect with the team. Let's get it like all the interviews going. Let's get a vote happening. You you know, it's like I couldn't imagine anybody voting, you know, in opposition. That would have been crazy. But so. (laughs) Mm, Awesome. So, Alicia, what initiatives at Mother currently working on that you're really excited about? What can you tell us about? Gosh, initiatives that were were so much that we're really excited about. I mean. I think what a lot of people have seen in the last year was our family support standard, which encompasses the event standardization project, where we, you know, really push race directors, NGBs to really follow our family provisions, like our standards that include, you know, maternal protection. So like, it's like expanding your deferrals. It's like, do you have lactation accommodations? Are you able to uh, have space for childcare? You know, so those are really, it's like our childcare initiative our lactation accommodations, part of that initiative. Those are really huge things that I'm really excited about. Um, at the same time, that you know, there are there is a lot of work to to be done, especially as it comes to um, protecting women, their careers, and their families, um, and how we demonstrate that. So, you know, that's 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 been huge. But I think the biggest thing to kind of mention as we talk about that is our. Our, our grant programs, our Changemaker grant program, the one that we're doing right now is amazing. I'm so excited about it. It is our mom's first, not last, uh, Changemaker grant in partnership with Vita Coco. Mm-hmm. Vita Coco has pledged $15,000 to mm. the top three mom finishers, top three eligible mom finishers. You know, we still have them apply for the grant as necessary uh, to be eligible for it. But I'm just like, it's just all about acknowledging the barriers that 
mom's face to even get to the start line and just dare to dream to get into that finish line. Like that's our, our big thing. And we're really proud to work in partnership with Vita Coco um, and their thought leadership actually to do this grant with us is really says a lot. It's like acknowledging, yeah, we have to do more and we have to be at the forefront of how we do more. And we want to bring to the table, you know, ideas that really show, you know, that we value the moms. So uh, that's huge. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. about that. Um, our Changemaker program also gives us an opportunity to, you know, make a direct impact mm. to these these athletes, uh, to these mothers and support their careers and also tell their stories. Mm. We know that, and again, the, it's like the invisible load of motherhood. And those part of the stories are important to tell now. You know, I just finished reading the women's running magazine article that mentioned us and the work, but you're also hearing these athletes that are lining up at the marathon Olympic trials and the barriers that we are like, hello, here's what we need. And they're saying, here are the barriers. And we're like, yes, this is why it's (laughs) amazing. One, that they are, they're there, right? That they're Mm -hmm. there. You guys, Mm -hmm. they're here at the Olympics. They're doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And these are the barriers that we are saying, (laughs) please (laughs) help us, you know, support these causes. They need this. They need this. This is not something we're making up that they they need support from a, you know, affordable, accessible childcare solution. They need the support from a lactation accommodation solutions. And then Runner's World magazine just made a, wrote another article and they doubled down on this same sort of thing. So I'm like, y'all, here are some of the initiatives that we're working on. We are pushing for, hello, you know, <laughs> NGBs to make sure that when we have these career athletes who are mothers come to their workplace that you are showing that you value them, that you support them, that you want to help them not only get to the start line, but get to the finish line. Here's what's needed in any workplace. And so when you see that, you also say, oh my gosh, uh, what are, what's going on in my workplace? You know, like, we, yeah, where's our wellness room? Okay. I see that, but where's the lactation? accommodations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where's my access to affordable childcare? Like, do I do go to work or do I pay for childcare? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, and then what are the barriers? The biggest, like, what are the barriers that I guess it's, there's a lot of biggest things, but so let me stop saying the biggest thing. <laughs> there's everything's the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I just, I want people to really think about is this motherhood penalty, this idea of the motherhood penalty is like become a mom, be be penalized for it. And what it's saying is like, you can become a mom if you want to, but do know that your career is going to be at a standstill and likely you're going to lose quote unquote rank. You know, it's similar mm. in many industries where it's like, maybe you climbed your way, you worked really hard to you know, some whatever title you wanted that mattered to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you quote, quote you know, I'm, we're, we do not like this word pause, but this is what people keep using. You know, your career comes to a pause because you have children and you don't have access to paid leave, mm-hmm. right? And so you you take your leave you figure out how you're re-entering the workforce. Sometimes, because of those reasons, you decide like I have, I, I, I'm not getting paid to 
you know, take care of my family and recover right now? How am I also paying for childcare in order for me to figure out how I'm getting back here? Because now I'm, you know, so it's the same sort of scenario that we face as athletes. So those initiatives are really huge, huge to us. We have our national Girls and Women in Sports Day. Actually, that's um, an initiative that's been implemented by uh, Women's Sports Foundation that we're participating in at Cal that's coming up this Sunday that we're very excited about. This gives us an opportunity to speak to parents, girls, boys, men, you know, gender expansive people on just like the issues that, you know, we continue to face within society. So having those opportunities are really huge for us because again, if we tell you know, girls that they can be anything, but then when they pursue that anything, we also are telling them right now in society until you become a mom. Mm -hmm. And so that, that work is really huge for us. And, you know, we're really proud of that. And then, you know, we have some, some publication spots, including this one. So I don't, I'm not going to, you guys are listening now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this is awesome. But, you know, we have some really big spots that we just had. We had one with PBS and one that's coming up mm. on Mother's Day around um, the maternal health inequities. So, mm. yeah. And of course, mm. you know, you guys just really, we are encouraging folks to sign up for our newsletter at Ann Mother. <laughs> our newsletter is going to be sharing when our mom for 5K is going to be in person. It's going to be in June. Um, we're locking mm. in the exact date. So just keep your ear to that in Berkeley, California. So that's going to be really huge. Part of the work that we're doing is we're going to be really setting the gold standard for supporting families. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we know that's what we do best. Let's make it happen. Let's do it ourselves. Um, And that's part of our maternal wellness program where we'll be doing, sharing some of our our education and our research components that we're working on, things that we can share. There's a lot of things that we're like, I can't wait for this to kind of be a thing. <laughs> but um, So I can talk about it more more publicly, but if you sign into our newsletter, you can follow all of the updates there. Mm, excellent. So when you and I saw each other in December at the running event, we talked at length about the lactation accommodations that Ann Mother is helping get in place, particularly mm-hmm. at New York City Marathon. And as you and I were talk, 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 talking so fast, so fast, so fast. <laughs> and it made, made so much fun. As we and, do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, but, you know, I mean, I think you could see the light bulbs going off over my head if, uh, that realizing that this situation is not an easy fix for myriad reasons. Mm-hmm. So can you talk through just a few of those issues, please? Mm. Um, like I'm thinking particularly the whole transporting of the, of the milk, mm-hmm, you know, so that, mm-hmm. so, okay. So there's a, you know, a lactation station at mile 17 or, you know, mile eight or whatever yeah. it is. And you were like, oh yeah. And you have to pump and dump. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and just mm-hmm, the, no. the legal ramifications and the logistics mm. of, of getting that little precious bag of milk up to the finish line and the baby or, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that, yeah. that was top of mind. What I was thinking too, I just gave myself the, mm, because it <laughs> literally hurts my soul. You know, mm-hmm. any person who has, you know, gone through the experience of pumping, first of all, <laughs> oh gosh, my, I can hear my pump saying my name right now. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, Alicia, Alicia, uh, <laughs> I go look back at all of my daughter's like early videos and I can hear, eh, 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 and I'm like, oh, I didn't even, it was so just 
you know, second nature to me that I didn't even think it's going to ruin the video. But yes, the, so the biggest, well, again, my favorite word, everyone. So it's just everybody, you know, <laughs> send me a, a dollar every time I said biggest uh, in this podcast. <laughs> send it to me. This is how this is how you support the work. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, that barrier of not having an opportunity for mothers who are pumping at races, giving them an opportunity, like not having an opportunity to give them an opportunity to store their milk to me is a huge failing. It's a huge failing. And the barrier that we, we end up being, we recommend that they find, you know, uh, milk storage and transport solutions. But the barrier I feel is that it isn't a priority to mm. spend time, energy, and resources on figuring that out for folks that aren't us. Like we're the ones that end up figuring out how to do that. And it takes time to do it. So it's us now going back to the drawing board, pulling up the research. Here's what it, the milk needs to be stored at. Here's why it's important for you to, and it's equitable for you to know that this is, you know, something that you need to prioritize and it needs to be a part of how you expand your policies and support, you know, mothers at your races. It's, it's, I, to me, I think it's the urgency that is in knowing this, the importance of supporting figuring out how to help store and transport the breast milk. And if you're not going to do that, you know, allowing a place for there to be like, you know, a breast milk sort of drop off to a partner or something like that. I know they're secure. So yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what you and I exactly. talked about. Yeah. That could they give, be giving it to mm-hmm. a, if they can't match it, the person who pumped it to the the recipient who normally gets mm-hmm. it, couldn't they get it to a, a breast milk? Correct. Bank? Yeah. And so then that's going to be a whole nother sort of space of like how to figure that out. And again, we are sort of, we operate more from like a recommendations standpoint and we want them mm-hmm. to take all mm-hmm. of our recommendations and well, here's what you can do, but it's also like in the hands now, it's now out of our hands. But yeah, you know, and you know, that has its own challenges. It's like, all right. So you, in order for there to be, and this is me doing the research now, trying to figure out through all sorts of folks that are offering support on how to make something like this happen, which is amazing. But it's also like, okay, you know, then you, whose breast milk is it? Then they have to like sign up for mm-hmm. it. And, you know, did you mm-hmm. do the testing that's necessary beforehand for it to even be approved at this bank? So like, you know, those those barriers are plentiful when it comes to mm-hmm. the donation aspect. Yeah. And, and you're talking about it in terms of New York City Marathon, which yeah. of course is a huge marathon, Correct. right? 50,000 competitors. And and I'm curious, are, like, are there plans for other races to offer this? Yeah. Well, so for us specifically, this is one part of what we do. You know, I think, again, like our Changemaker grants are huge, like really getting to the individual sport, telling the stories, making direct impact. But another thing is us being able to sort of create the standard for people to start doing it. Just like make this the standard. This is, we show up at a race, you know, we have, you you have to have water, you have to have fuel for them uh, post-race. Like that's standard. You have to have security, you have to have porta potties, you have to have lactation accommodations. You know, you have to have first aid. Like, it's like, these are things that you have to have at a race minus lactation accommodations. And we're trying to put that in there as standard. So when folks are like, well, how do we do it? Mm. They can come to us to help them, you know, 
create their own sort of new policy with these standards in it on how they operate their races. Hmm. Right. Create the framework. Correct. So, so that, right. So that people can understand how this can be done. Correct. And we, you know, we're, yeah. we are partnering with, we, well, we are working on partnering across uh, different sports because again, more eyeballs on that. We have more folks that are going to, you know, move into different career paths and have opportunities mm-hmm. to continue to make an impact from a societal standpoint, especially as it pertains to things like the Olympic years where there's like mm-hmm. the whole world is watching and can see when we <laughs> see the Olympics and we see sports, we have this really huge opportunity to see the world. And we are using sports as a demonstration of it's just like for, through a sports lens of what we want to see in the world. You know, we know mm-hmm. that it's just a microcosm and we can really make a big change. So, and mm-hmm. speaking of the Summer Olympics, are you going to go in any kind of capacity? You know, I'm going to have to come back on another mother runner once I finish all of my meetings and things that I got to get through with everybody with putting a pin in it and circling back. So, uh, hold on to your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> a fifth appearance on another brother runner <laughs> we love hey i love awards so send me five times we have five times five times five times another mother runner podcast champion <laughs> you and stacy sims are in this race yes. to see who can be on the the, the podcast more yes. often uh, <laughs> i love it so final question, uh, what races are on your 2024 calendar? Ooh, that's another one uh, the, where I'm like, okay, pull the calendar right now. Um, again, you're going to have to circle back. We're tightening all. You got me in, you got me the first of, Fe- <laughs> in the first of February, y'all. So um, I have, I wrote this in my Instagram so you can see that, but I have some ideas. Some are in my brain and some are out loud of what I'd like to do. I do want to do some more local to me races. I feel like I'm everywhere else and having my kids kind of really, they're really excited about me running and doing these races. Mm. And my daughter's really into running right now, having an opportunity to do more like local stuff uh, with them um, would be amazing. It'd be really great. If also these races that I show up to could also, you know, have a some childcare at some of the ones that I'm not going to run with my daughter. That'd be great. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to give you some, some uh, ideas of what I'm going to do. I can tell you um, this mm-hmm. next year for just New York city marathon. If anybody's looking, I am going to hand my, my thrown over to another person on my team. Okay. Just because bibs are limited. So you, you're not going to re- see me. I don't think at this running this year's New York city marathon, mm-hmm. but I do want to, mm-hmm do some of my local specific races. And then from a trail perspective, I'm over, I got some eyeballs on some mm-hmm. things, but I'm trying to make it all work. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. I love it. Don't you love the vagueness? Mm-hmm. Where you at? Follow me on Instagram, everybody. Alicia Montano. That's where it's on. We will link to that and also the sign up for the and mother newsletter in the show notes. So yes, yes. Fabulous. Well, always, always a joy talking with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So Tish, you up for that uh, fifth appearance that Alicia is going to make on the podcast to be the co-host? Oh, a hundred percent. And you know what? I have to say when she was talking about that zoom room full of all these amazing women she, she works with and she's saying, Oh, they're so amazing. And they're so brilliant. Like, I didn't want to interrupt her, but I was kind of thinking, hey, wait a minute. 
you're pretty mm-hmm. amazing and brilliant your own dang self oh exactly <laughs> exactly i really have you ever met her in real life oh i can't i have not and i can't wait to eventually one day because she's obviously oh. a ball of energy a ball of absolute positive energy yeah. i mean it's almost like like you could see light coming off of her it is it, it's just like when i was talking to her in december at the running event you know we'd hugged when we first got there when i first got over to her and mother booth and as she's talking i'm thinking i adore talking to her so much like i almost got teary-eyed and then she's and then and i thought i want to hug her again i thought okay sarah don't be weird <laughs> and then and then she she's like it's just so great talking to you. I, I just want to hug you again. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so. that, that kind of positive energy is just so inspiring and thrilling. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I wish we could bottle it up. Um, I, I'd be first in line to buy that. All right. Well, I hope you all are thinking about joining us at our Lake Placid retreat, which is September 6 to 9. Yes, I'm sorry. That is right after school starts. So that's tough for some people in the education industry. But that's when it it will still feel like summer there in Lake Placid, yet the crowds will thinned out a little bit. We are right. Our host hotel is right on Mirror Lake, which is a boat free lake in the center of town. If you haven't been to Lake Placid, it's just such a charming, cute, wonderful village nestled in the Adirondack Mountains, steeped in Olympic history. We're going to be running, having expert speakers come in, doing yoga, open water swimming, hopefully doing some stand-up paddle boarding or kayaking, taking advantage of all that water there, and laughing, having great meals. It's a fantastic time. So please find out all the details and register at anothermotherrunner.com and click on events. You'll see it in the drop-down menu. Again, anothermotherrunner.com. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medora from Fire on the Bluff. These things are trending these days, so I love the gifts that I get of these big old water bottles. (laughs) Who's it it from? The logo's in white, so it's hard to see on the pink. This one's from On Her Turf. I got one from Alaska oh. Airlines. I mean, literally everyone's like, drink water with this cup. I'm like, if you want to send one from another mother runner, I'll be happy to include it in my trophy of Stanley Cups. <laughs>